This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to Besotted, the Pride of West London podcast, brought to you in association with Anything Is Possible. We're delighted to have uh, this media agency on board with us, um, looking for a sponsor, a like-minded sponsor for a little while now, and uh, these guys seem to be right up our strata, as they say. So yeah, welcome to uh, Anything Is Possible. More information about them as the weeks and months go by. So with me today is... Matt the Allard Allard. How are you, Matt? Yeah, I'm very, very well. I'm very good joining you in the virtual pub, as we say. Um, very cosy, me and you together today. I'm actually shivering today. I'm actually finding it really cold. But uh, it's not so not so cosy in this virtual joint. I'd be, rather be by a fire in a real pub. But uh, I think we've got a lot of pub action coming in the next few weeks. So I think we'll be seeing a lot more of each other physically. Yeah, which would be good. I mean, does your does your heating work? Because my heating doesn't work at the moment, so we could be rudely interrupted by the boiler man at some point. The boiler man is that euphemism? Yeah. I, well, yeah. I hope hopefully we hopefully the boiler man will leave us well alone. Or um, the boiler woman. Or the woman. Yes, the boiler person. Let's, the boiler let's, person. Let's, let's call it that way. But before we start, mate, I mean, you know, the, there's a real big question that I need to ask you before we move on to you know Brentford matters. Um, have you been to Pepper Pig World? Um, no, I haven't. No, um, um, I, should I have been there? I mean, it sounds like maybe I should have because isn't it, isn't it a shining example of all the best things in Britain or something? Yeah, a hundred percent is that. But you know, we used to talk about you know things to do on away games. I've noticed that Pepper Pig World is at Portons Park. It's very close to Southampton, and we we've got Southampton away in a, in a couple of weeks. So you know, are you up for it, mate? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I can only imagine what the TripAdvisor views. I actually haven't got around to looking at them, but I would imagine they're quite good at the moment. Oh, there's definitely more of this. We're gonna, we might have a little besotted jaunt to Pepper Pig World before the uh, photo opportunities are really good. So, uh, do, do they sell alcohol? Um, <laughs> unlikely. 
<laughs> well, I, I don't know. There's a good chance. <laughs> anyway, enough of that nonsense. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about tonight, actually. We, we, we're going to go back and speak about the Newcastle game. Um, three, three draw from up on the northeast. We came back with a point under our arm. It's something we hadn't done for four games. It was important to stop that rot. Uh, we did it just about. We held on by the skin of our teeth. It was it was a bit of a nervy ending to what was an absolute roller coaster of a match. Roller coaster in many ways because when you're at the very very top of a roller coaster, it was a very similar view from being at the top of the stand um, at uh, St James's Park. So we'll we'll talk about that. Um, obviously, we spoke about uh, the game in bite-sized chunks with Ali Malali and Billy on, on, on Monday night um, for the, the post-match debrief, uh, the post-match podcast. Download that because um, we, had a, we had a bit of a laugh on, on that podcast as well. Um, and uh, we'll, we, we're going to obviously speak about Everton. Everton are the, the next opposition for Brentford and they, they come to, to Griffin Park, New Griffin Park on Sunday. Bit of an odd one. Um, I'm hoping the, uh, the atmosphere will be uh, what we need it to be because we obviously need to get more points on the table. So that's to come a little bit later. We've got an Everton fan who's going to come on and tell us everything that's happening at Goodison. Um, bit of a spluttery start by them. We're hoping their splutters continue. And, and we're also joined uh, by um, JB, uh, Jonathan Birchall, who gives his facts and his funk, a very popular slot. And we'll also spreadsheet Winker. He's going he's gonna, to uh, sprinkle his statistics all over the pod. So uh, lots to talk about um, and lots to look forward to what is going to be an incredible, uh, incredible December, you know, we've got league points and we've got a cup court final with Chelsea to look forward to. So uh, all good in the hood after getting a point back on the table up at St. James's. So obviously, Matt, let's come to you first because, you know, you weren't involved in the uh, the pod on Monday night. And during that, we obviously talk about our main takeaways. So first question to you, what was your main takeaway from the uh, from Newcastle draw? Um, I think my main takeaway was that I I really couldn't believe how bad we were defensively. Um, I I I know there's two views of it. We were we were good at attacking, but defensively, I was so worried about about the game. And um, and if we don't sort that out quickly, um, this season is gonna we're gonna get dragged right into where we don't want to be. So yeah, that was my main takeaway. We need to sort something out at the back. We need to find a shape that works. We need to find a group of players that can that can play together at the back. I mean, it's 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 really difficult, isn't it, with the injury crisis that we've got. It's it's, it's hard to be hypercritical of the defence and or the goalie. However, there's still individual mistakes creeping in. I mean, obviously there's there's a there's a quality issue where you t- you strip away an ayer um, and. There's not a, there's not another eye to to stroll straight back into into that and obviously with Zanka um, injured as well we're we're kind of we've kind of we are threadbare reasonably threadbare at the back we we were a little bit critical of the goalkeeper Fernandez do you do you think that that's justified or do you think it's kind of like he's he's paying the price for having sort of a makeshift defence in front of him. Um, I I understand where you, you guys were coming from, you guys and girls. Um, I I thought that he so far he's has he made a save where you go wow he hasn't. He's had opportunities to do it because he's letting you know plenty of goals. 
But I, I also think there's another side to it. And I think we haven't given him a, a sort of a solid base to start with. He's been thrown into flux. Um, and that flux comes from, obviously, from Raya being replaced by him, but also from the flux around the back three. I mean, I, to be honest, when I watched the game on Saturday, um, I, I spent half of it trying to work out were we playing a back four or a back three. I couldn't work out whether Werslev was playing, you know, uh, on the right of a back three or were, had we reverted to a back four and pushed Canos up. And and if I'm sort of struggling with that a bit, I'm sure, you know, as a goalkeeper coming into a side, it, it, that, that's going to make it more difficult because it means that, you know, say Pontus or whatever, who might be the person you'd be expecting to give the keeper some support, he's also got to worry about Roslev and, um, and him positionally. So, I think it's a it, it's a bit of both. Um, I, I I just would, and, and I really liked Ali's point is that you kind of feel if he can just make a couple of saves and get his confidence up, he could be on his way. Um, worryingly, he, he he's not the biggest, but then we thought that about Raya as well. Um, and he, although he took a couple of crosses against Newcastle, um, he doesn't necessarily come for crosses like you would want your keeper to. It doesn't feel like he's bossing that six-yard box at the moment, and um, that's kind of what you need from a keeper. When you have young keepers, that doesn't always come straight away. He's learning on the job, and learning on the job's hard when you get thrown in. You know, ideally, he would have played the cup games this year, um, and you know, he he would have just spent his time learning, getting to know the team, getting to know the squad playing an important part in you know practice sessions and stuff like that but we've had to throw him in and um and i guess you know it, it, I, could it could it have gone better it would have been nice could it have gone worse yes because i don't honestly think apart from maybe a bit of a fluff in the bernie game that you can really sort of say oh my god that's terrible keeper fluff there was nothing like the newcastle keeper um and what you really want is, is, is for him to make a really good save before he makes a shit really bad fluff yeah, and no, I agree. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm with you and I'm with Ali. I'm, uh, hopefully he's one big game or one big save away from it turning round and sort of like everyone having a lot more confidence, including himself. You know, it's just a, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a sad, it's a, not a sad situation, but it's a, it's a difficult situation for, for sure. You touched upon Mads Roslev there. Um, I mean, I've, I've watched the game back. I haven't watched all of the game back. I've watched the highlights back, the, the extended highlights um, I thought he had a decent time against um, Sam Maximan for for a, for, a, for a chunk of that game. First, first half, particularly, and you're right when you said you were a bit confused about whether we were playing, you know, what, what kind of system we were playing at the back because uh, when he was in wider positions and, Sam, and he was he was kind of tackling Sam Maximan, he seems to be quiet. He, he seems to have quite some joy there. Um, I mean, how do you rate Roslev's performance? Um, I thought he did okay to start with, and I didn't worry too much. But I was—I still didn't think he was sure of where he was positionally. Um, I've, I've watched the game once; I haven't had the opportunity to watch it back. But when you kind of like look at the highlights, I'm still not really sure where he is positionally mm. because he's up the pitch, he's back, he's he's attacking probably more than you'd want him to attack, um, and and I think. I think that last 15, 20 minutes where Sam Maximan really came into his own, his legs tired, as Canos couldn't get back to support Roslev, I think that's when he, he looked a little bit more sort of, um, yeah, under pressure. Um, I, I think probably when he had the support from Canos, um, we kind of dealt okay. 
like the last 15, 20 minutes when we got stretched, and obviously we were trying to win the game as we do, um, I, I, I think he sort of struggled a bit then. It's interesting to see. I mean, obviously we've got an extra day prep for the for the Everton game, um, and you know the coaches have got a week to to work on that defence and set, setting us up for for the for the Toffees visit. Uh, would you? I mean, I know he's not. He hasn't got a huge amount of options, but how 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 would you set up? How would you would you change anything based on that Newcastle game, or do you just kind of think? We have to just set up in a similar way and just hopefully, you know, we, we get a little bit more lucky with those deflections and we, we, you know, we make the tackles rather than miss them. I'd be building from the back, to be honest, because I think it's time to get back to not letting goals in. Um, I would seriously look at putting Norgard into the back three um, and then hope that Jan Elk can do Norgard's role in midfield because we, we, we played that way a little bit last season um, before, once we switched to the back three and before Norgard got injured. Um, so I don't really see any... I, it does weaken the midfield a bit and you're asking a lot of Onyeka and then you've got to find a third player. But now that Baptiste looks fit, if he can go, you know, 60, 70 minutes, then you can throw him in. So you go with a midfield of, say, Janelt, Baptiste and Onyeka, albeit that two of them didn't play 90 minutes on or even close to 90 minutes on Saturday. Um, is, is, is that the way forward? Um, I... I, I, I think really we ain't, we need to get back to basics. We need to stop letting goals in, and I kind of thought that what, that's what we did last season when you know when Norgard went into the back three, we just looked we looked strong and decent again, and maybe maybe that's an option. But we're flipping it around, aren't we? One week it's Wurzlev playing on the right, and you move Pontus into the middle. Then you or the week before that, it's good playing in the middle, and you've got Pontus on the right. You know, we are sort of, it would appear that we're not solving the problem we have at the moment. And maybe there is an obvious solution, even if it weakens us elsewhere. We, we can we can do that. We can sort the defence out or we could just score five every game and um, it'll be fine. We'll just outscore them. It, it would be thoroughly entertaining to score five <laughs> every game. Um, and I would love that. Uh, but, but you know, you, you, you know what this is about. is it's, it's about making sure we get some points in the bag before we get on another run of sticky games. And there's, there's a run coming, you know. Ain't there just, mate. So that was your main takeaway, um, was the fact that we stopped the rock. We got a point. We moved forward. But let's go back to the pubs after the game up at St. James's and listen to the Brentford fans. And and to, from my point of view, I thought the Newcastle fans post-match were the soundest bunch I've heard on a, on a post-match for quite some time. I thought they really got it. Anyway, let's go back to the pubs after the game and listen to what the Brentford fans and the Newcastle fans thought of the match on Saturday. I think we played well going forward. We were stretched at the back quite a lot in the first half and in the second, but uh, Newcastle, Sam Maxman's really scary going forward. They defended quite well in the end, I thought. Let's, let's take it back, but going forward, I think we look more, more, more ruthless and... There's more passing and move up front, so which is good. Uh, basically, the story of today was we were great going forward and a bit rubbish at the back. But I'm so happy with a point. Like, if we'd lost another one, I would have been absolutely gutted. Uh, it's been a great day today. We've been to great pubs. Uh, but yeah, we we played we played decent. Yeah, like but the second goal we played that was a great move. Really, really great move. Second goal, like it's frustrating. That first goal, uh, Newcastle scored. Like again set plays uh, conceded again I was we look weak I think we can work on that just I think our, we had some beautiful attacking play like uh, I'm so pleased with Tony as well scoring 
um, against, you know, the club had let him go. Our third was a little bit lucky, maybe, but I think we deserved it. I think it was a, it, it was a draw game. Like, we both deserved a draw. I'm happy with a draw. Like, to lose, I would have been absolutely gutted. Football's a winner, but I'd rather we were the winner, to be honest. But on a taking a point before the game, so we were a little bit too open, a bit gutted. I think we were let them have too much room to get their shots in and could have done better for the last goal. I think Canos didn't track back as well as he could have done, but... Hey, we've got a point and we haven't had a point for a long while, have we? It was a good game. I think we turned the corner, mate. I think we turned the corner. Performance was uh, back to a good level. Uh, Defences weren't uh, so good, but, you know, we've still got injuries to come back, so injured players to come back. So I've got to be happy with that. If you would have asked me before the game, point would be great. We got the point. You know, we've not lost. That's the main thing. And the performance was good. When you took the lead a couple of times, I thought it's only going to go one way, but we just managed to come back into it. Uh, as we said before the game, two probably even sides in terms of how open the game was, uh, and it was going to take a couple of errors uh, to get a winner, but I'm happy that it's a draw. I can come back here and have a pint with yourselves, and, and it's all equal. I can't see Brentford struggling towards the end of the season. You might have uh, stopped your, your, your game, your unbeaten run, sorry, your un, unwinning run, um, but I can't see you being towards the end of the table, bottom end of the table by the end of the season. Um, there'll be plenty more wins from the Bees this season. We thought we were the better team, but that we probably deserved to lose the game. Well, you had the better chances. Let's be honest, I mean, it could have been probably 5-3 to you lot. That one that was ruled out for offside, I guess it was probably offside, but there were two or three other ones where, you know, a little foot either side, and that one was in. So, yeah, we, we looked a lot better than we have been, but the defence was... Uh, yeah. I don't feel like I've watched us play for years. I've watched the opposition come and play against us, yeah. but I haven't watched us. I haven't watched Newcastle play. I've watched other teams play against us because we just stood there while everybody passed it around us. And today we actually were a bit more positive. Well, I, d- I did enjoy it, but it sort of it, it, it takes me back to when we drew six all at Dagenham and everyone would go, that was a brilliant game. And it's like, it was a good game in terms of it was exciting, but it wasn't a good game in terms of quality. They, they were... There were times where it looked like we might take control of the game, three two up, and we, we just we just let it go. And, and so it's a point on the road, and I'm very respectful of that. But you just feel we could have done a little bit better today. So there you have it. That was the uh, the boys and the girls back in the boozers after the game up in Newcastle. We had some fun up there. Um, we'll move on from the Newcastle game in a sec, but. Something that's kind of like, well, I thought was reassuring because I, it, I, as I said just before we went into that into that sort of uh, the package was the fact that Newcastle I thought were sound. The fans days, they know their stuff. Um, they all they're also kind of used to relegation fights and they know I think what's uh, the standard to escape, um, what you need to do to to escape, and what you how bad you got to be to get relegated. None of them thought we all were bad enough to get relegated. And it, they, they were kind of like, um, as, uh, as kind of buoyed by the thought of the way we approach the games, the way, way we attack, the way we kind of we go on the front foot. And, you know, we are weak at the back at the moment, but we are confident in our abilities going forward. 
are you still vibing off that or you kind of are you are you kind of really concerned about what december might chuck us i i tell you where i am right I, defensively at the moment we're bad enough to get relegated i mean we are yeah you, you you can watch it you can you you can see that we can't defend you know we're struggling to defend corners um we're struggling to stop runners coming coming at us so we are bad enough defensively but we're still scoring goals and I, I always worry, I always really, really, really worry when we stop scoring goals. That's when I see massive, massive alarm bells. Um, I, the only, the, so, so let's just get the defence sorted out, which is why I always think, you know, you need to just go back to basics at some point and say, right, let's just keep a clean sheet and then everything else will follow. And, um, and that's a common, everyone says it in football. Um, it's a, you know, it's, but, but, but it makes sense, doesn't it? If we can just get, we haven't had a clean sheet, I don't know, for, for how long now um it seems it seems a bit of time um yeah. so we just need to we just need to get we just need to do the basics um in terms of getting relegated the only thing that worries me really is that is that most weeks i can pick three teams that are worse than us um uh, at the moment i think it's really difficult i think that i think the premier league's in a bit of flux um with new managers coming in at newcastle at watford and at norwich and um and i think we, it's going to take a few, like it felt it had settled down two or three weeks ago and everything, you know, everything was rosy. And now it's going to take a few more weeks or maybe a month for it all to settle down again and you to see, you know, exactly where you are. So I think it's at the moment, it's, you know, making predictions is a bit of probably a bit of a mugs game because because we don't really know what those teams are going to, going to achieve. Villa have got a new manager as well, of course. I get another chance to look at Newcastle for my sins on on Saturday. I've got a, a, an Arsenal book launch, and it's a, it's a quite a biggie. And they've given us they've given us like a, a box, and uh, um, oh. yeah, I know. And I but I got unfortunately, it means I've got to watch Newcastle all over again during during the game. So uh, yeah. um, I, I'll I'll know I'll know a little bit more about that. And, uh, the beauty the beauty of course of um, Sunday kickoff. So. Yeah, the be well, it allows me not to miss it. I guess. Yeah, I, was, yeah. I wouldn't have missed the mighty, mighty bees. I'll tell you. I'll tell you who else knows what went down in that Newcastle game, as well as the away fans and the Brentford fans after the game. It's Will, the spreadsheet winker. Spreadsheet, spreadsheet winker. Um, let's go over to Will and let's find out how he crunched the numbers. Spreadsheet winker. So what do we need to know about the Newcastle game then? We very much lost this one in terms of chances created. We ended up on 1.19 XG compared to Newcastle's 2.63. If we'd have won this, it would have been the biggest smash and grab all season. Defensively we looked poor and unable to stop shots in and around our box. Newcastle ended up with 21 attempts with 8 of those on target. Two of their goals were high XG chances in the area. Lascar's opening header was 0.38 XG, probably exclusively because he was badly marked and not pressured at all. There's absolutely no way that a header like that should be 0.38 XG, and it tells us just how poor our defending was that we allowed it to become such a large chance. St Maximan's equaliser was 0.3 XG as well. We gave him 7 shots all to himself, albeit only 2 were on target which with an attacker as dynamic as he is, shouldn't really happen. We were outpressed by an Eddie Howe coach Newcastle who came flying out of the traps. That's not to say we didn't press high as well, allowing 9.6 passes in front of our defence before tackling, compared to Newcastle's 
It's only the second time we've been outpressed this season. Attacking-wise, we did all right, but the lion's share of our 1.19 xG did come from Rico Henry's goal, a 35% chance because he was completely unmarked. The Lascales' own goal doesn't count towards our chance total, but it would have been tiny anyway from so far out, like Ivan Tony's goal. Darlow was given a 50% chance of saving this shot from Weisscout, which suggests it was much easier to save than to score, since the shot was just a 4% chance. For my money, we were lucky even to draw this one. Um, I don't know about you, Matt, but I, I fancy a little, I fancy a bit of facts, a few facts and a bit of funk now. But before we, before we go over to Jonathan Virtual, I've got a quick, another quick question for you. Would you prefer Percy Pigs or Pepper Pig? Oh, oh, I like it. Percy Pigs. Percy Pigs are the sweet things, right? Yeah, the, the M&S Percy Pigs. Oh, I like, I, yeah, I'm a big fan of those. A so, big, big fan of those. So if you were Percy stranded on a, on a desert island and you had to be... Start, can you strand me with some Percy pigs? I can arrange that. I'll arrange that, mate. No worries. Are you ready for this? I told you were coming. Who? JB. And he's ready to stock it to you one time. Uh, get it. Hello, Jonathan Virgil here again. Saturday was our second 3-3 league draw of the season. The last time we had two in a season was under Andy Scott in 2009-10. Then it was against MK Dons at home and Colchester away. It's only the seventh time we've had league draws of 3-3 or greater twice in a season. Rico Henry has now scored in back-to-back league games. In the last 50 years, if you exclude full-backs or wing-backs who also took penalties, the only other time we've had two from two in open play was from Iger Anderson in March 1996 in the 1-0 wins away at Hull and at home to Wrexham. The draw saw us end a run of four straight league defeats. Had we lost, we'd have equaled the five at the end of 2007, which were also Terry Butcher's final five games in charge. The last of which was a 1-0 defeat to Grimsby at Griffin Park, watched by a crowd of 3,999 as we sunk to sixth from bottom of the fourth tier. Whereas on Saturday, we were watched by 3,000 B fans in a crowd of 52,131. The largest league crowd to watch us for 73 years and the 8th highest in our history. There you go. Jonathan Birchall never never fails to excite, never fails to entertain. What, what facts they were and um, on the funk. I, I, I'm not a funk lover. I've, I've, I've fessed up to that in the past. But that, they, the intro, the James Brown intro music has, has grown on me. As, as the, the months and the years and the decades have, have gone past. And, and I reckon I have to, I'm going to dig out, I'm going to dig out the, um, the full version and I'm going to have a little boogie around uh, my lounge later on. You, do, you, do you feel like, is there, have you got a bit of funk about you now, do you think? Nah, not really. No, there's not a lot. Not, not enough drum machines. No, still, no, still not enough drum machines, mate. Um, yeah, it's, I, it's, I do move. There's a bit of movement now. I mean, I don't just stand there looking like, you know, mm. look like some bloke out of sparks, but I just, it, it's, there's no, my legs don't move to it. So you're not, you're not, it's not traditional funk that you move to, is it? No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not funking. I'm not, I'm not on a funking tip. No, but there you go. Jonathan loves it. And um, that's all that matters really. Before we do move on, there's, we had a, the B team, let's just talk about the B team. They had a humongous win last night in the, uh, the Middlesex Senior Cup. They, they beat a team called Broadfields United, 
who are apparently near Harrow. Their their brand on their website says "Fighting Cocks" is their um is their kind of broad Broadfield United Fighting Cocks. That's what I call them. Hope, hopefully, there's not a lot of cockfighting that goes on near Harrow. I don't think that's I think don't think that's permitted anymore. But uh, the important thing is we move on. So two two cup quarterfinals we've got the Allard. We've got the Caribou Cup to look forward to, and we've got the Middlesex FA Senior Cup. Which one are you uh, you buzzing off most? Well, is, it, is the FA Senior Cup, is that already confirmed to be against Hamwell, did I read last night? Um, I'm probably going to put, I'm probably putting you in that here because you probably haven't got a clue. I haven't got a um, to do, mate. No, but, um, but it feels like we always play against Hamwell or at Hamwell at some point during the Cup. So, so that so and maybe Hamwell. it is. So at and Hamwell, Hamwell and Hamwell. Yes. And, um, and I, I mean, I think that game with last night was played at Northwood, um, which I guess is near Harrow. So that, so obviously, you know, Broadfields don't, I assume, have their own ground if it was played at Norwood. Or maybe it had to be moved. You know, in the tradition of cup games, it had to be moved to bigger grounds maybe they because had of cock, the opposition. Cockfighting cock was on already. <laughs> they, they had something in the fixture list, perhaps. Yeah, maybe. It could have been that instead. But um, yeah, 11-0 for the, for the B team. I mean, it's very difficult to judge those sort of games, isn't it? You know, 11 or 6 does it does it make a lot of difference yeah well I mean I, I, I didn't I didn't read well I did read the report I didn't I didn't watch the game but um, the, 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 the Twitter the the, the, uh, the Broadfields Twitter feed just said a night to forget so uh, I think we'll leave it there and I'm sure our paths across again in the uh, the Middlesex FA Senior Cup hopefully there was some 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 good came out of that for, for both teams because uh you know, it's it's important that uh, our B team uh, get use that to, to get near some sort of A team readiness. But uh, I'm I sure. did I did I did actually go and see the B team a few weeks ago. I saw them play Woking. All right. Um, which was yeah. I mean, they're still you know Woking are obviously a conference side, and they played quite a few of their first team. Um, and um, the B team did lose. They looked really good for 20, 25 minutes. We're playing great football, but it's I, I still sort of. They didn't. They couldn't quite step up, I suppose, to the to to, to Woking sort of. Um, I guess it's just you know some experienced older players playing, um, and but it's still really good experience, isn't it? Just to keep playing these games against you know some stronger non-league teams. Obviously, they they may not have learned a whole lot last night, but I think it's really worthwhile playing in these cup matches and um, against these sorts of teams because really what you're trying to get is is, is some very very young players to. to transition into adult football and probably being bashed about by some non-league by some old non-league heads isn't a bad thing let's move on to the Everton match it's it shows you how far really Brentford have come I think that it was 2010 we had that that Caribou well it wasn't a Caribou Cup it's called the League Cup whatever cup it was in 2010 uh, we had that famous penalty shootout win over Everton at Griffin Park. Uh, won 4-3 on penalties. 8,900 were there that night on a, a night we probably won't forget. It was uh, it was um, a really, really star-studded. Well, looking back at the Everton team, it was a really strong team. David Moyes was the, the Toffees manager at the time. It's, apparently, there's no XG stats from 2010. Um, but looking back at the Everton team, they had Leighton Baines, Phil Jagielka, Phil Neville, Seamus Coleman, who's still there. He'll be probably going to play on uh, on Sunday. Mario Fellaini, 
Yakuba, Mikel Arteta, um, Jermaine Beckford, Ross Barkley. I mean, they, they, that was wow. a that was a decent decent team. I, Ross Barkley didn't come on, but you know he, he was he was involved. Um, that they they really fluffed it that night. And and Brentford uh, after a one all draw, they, they went ahead quite early. I think I think Coleman scored his first first goal for Everton that night. And uh, Gary Alexander equalised for, for for Brentford, but everyone remembers Richard Lee and the saves that he made in the in the penalties. That was kind of Tricky Dicky's kind of finest hour, almost, wasn't it? What yeah, do you, what, I, what do you remember of that night, Matt? I, I, I remember that. I remember I took a friend of mine, an Australian friend, who was who was um, who at the time he was just a work colleague and has become a strong friend since. Um, and um, and I just remember him being absolutely blown away by it. And sometimes you sort of when you, you you know sometimes you can under underestimate how awesome something is or what an amazing experience it is because it's your club but but he still talks about that now that night as being his sort of you know his real introduction to to british football and um and he and he follows the bees from this day i remember him sending photographs of of him and his son with their Brentford scarves in front of the um sydney harbour bridge just before one of the playoff games and stuff like that um so i so, so I, I remember that too. You know, it was it was just one of them amazing nights. It was at the time those nights didn't come around very often, did they? I mean, yeah, I think once, we can once be, a season, once every other season, if you're lucky. Well, to I mean, maybe the game might have come around yeah. once every other season, but to win it didn't come around very often. Yeah. Um, and when you think, you know, how spoiled we've been in the last, it's, it's, it's worth remembering how spoiled we've been in the last four or five years. When you when you think, you know, back to how many of those sort of games you can remember from the previous 25, 30 years. Um, at least ones that we've won. I mean, we've we've lost a fair few, but ones that we've won, and that it just was brilliant, wasn't it? And, and Richard Lee. I mean, I think he'd already made some penalty saves in one of the other games, um, but it 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 had had a really sticky start to his career. He'd lost his place in the first team. He'd come in really as the, you know, as as, as hoped to be the first team option. Lost his place in the team, and um, and then and then, and that was you know it was around then that he sort of really started to make a name for himself. And like you say, that we'll always remember him for that. It was. Um, his finest moment, I suppose, in a Brentford shirt and um, and Brentford goalkeeper shirt, maybe his finest moment. He proved that night that anything is possible. <laughs> he, he <laughs> I squeezed and squeezed another squeezed another plug in there for our new sponsors. But uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, no, but you know, going back to as you said, look, we've we come up, we've come a long way. We've come a ridiculously long way. And you know, if, if put it this way, you know, uh, if someone has said to you straight after that penalty shootout that you know in 12 years time we'd, we'd be playing them at, in in the premier league in a new stadium you you'd been a you a lot of people would have thought you were slightly potty or kind of like you have proper rose tinted specs on this a reality now yeah i i i mean i how far we were with the stadium at that point i i can't remember but it was probably only on the horizon um and and it was just it's just yeah yeah i I, I, I sort of pinched myself I'm just doing it now because if you go back then and you'd have said that we'd be playing Everton in the league I'd have said well they never get relegated so I don't know how that's going to happen yeah so uh, Everton 2022 2021-22 rather the season they're they're not where their fans would would hope they would be um, they, it's been a you know they've got Rafa Benitez as manager. He's he, he wasn't whether he still is. We'll find out from the uh, from the Toffees fan in a minute. But it, it, he's 
he's kind of divided uh, that part of uh, Liverpool because he had a, obviously a big, big part in uh, Liverpool Football Club's recent history um, and obviously Newcastle as well. But he's, 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 he's at Goodison now. On the flip side, we can go into that game knowing that they, they have weaknesses because, you know, obviously our, our video an- analysts and the, the coach and staff and the players would have sat down and they'll be forensically going through how they're going to, how they're going to, Win the game on Sunday. Uh, are you are you slightly um, are you slightly infused? Are you are you kind of reassured that this kind of fixtures next up we don't go straight to the Tottenham game? Um, yeah, I think it's like a. I, I don't know. There's two ways of looking at it, isn't there? Because if we don't get something out of this game, then the Tottenham game becomes sort of a, a, a real looming sort of. Um, problem in the you know with Conti and, and and maybe Tottenham start turning it on who knows so I I feel like there's a fair bit of pressure on on Sunday for us to get something out of it if you know minimum a draw I would say um, I think you know Everton Benitez like you said there's all that noise the Liverpool noise that makes it really difficult for somebody to you know to actually an, an Everton supporter I think to actually give you sort of an objective view of of him because because they probably spent a long period of their time not liking him and then probably laughing at him when he was at Chelsea and um, and then, you know, at Newcastle. I mean, he did a, he did a pretty good job, I suppose, of, of, of turning, well, keeping Newcastle in the Premier League and getting him there. Um, it, so, so that noise means that you can't really get a sensible judgment on him at the moment. He, I'd have thought they'd have hit the ground running a bit more than they have. Um, they've, you know, they've... They've spent big on managers in the last few years, um, and maybe it's you know switching again between from manager to manager, you know, and then do you go back through the squad, change the squad up to try and suit them the way the manager wants to play? I don't know, but it just feels like they're treading water. Um, what would be the equivalent I'd, at Brentford? What would be the, a manager coming in that would divide us like the same way? Scott Parker or Ian Holloway? Is it? Is it? Or, or do you think of someone else? Yeah, Scott Parker, maybe. Um, Ian Holloway, you've put me on the spot. I'm just trying to think. Um, I mean, anyone that's managed QPR, Fulham, I suppose. I mean, simple as that, isn't it, really? Yeah. I mean, I suppose we had that, didn't we? Um, Where Mickey... um, Mickey Adams. Mickey Adams came off from Fulham. Did we we, we sort of have a... We kind of accepted him. He sort of... Quite yeah. like Mickey Adams. He sort yeah, of brought, he nice bloke, he, he? and he brought that sort of union support with him as well, didn't he? Yeah, you know, the, 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 yeah, yeah, the sponsorship. So, yeah, so maybe that's, that's not the best. Maybe that's not the best sort of, an, an, you know. Yeah, I think we're also Fulham were at the, in the bottom tier, and you know we went right down there. They there was there was no sort of uh, grandiose big time Charlie nonsense going on at the time. They were you know they they they, they were local rivals, but they weren't arch enemies. I wouldn't have said at that time, but you know. I could be wrong. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so b- before we before we um, speak to the Everton fan, um, let's go back over to Will Allsop and get some more stats. He knows exactly how dangerous Everton can be, the players to look out for, and how they have performed so far this season, according to the old XG. Over to you, Will. So what do we need to know about Everton then? They had a great start to the season, winning three out of their first four games and out-creating their opponents in all of those matches. 
Since then, they've only created more than their opponents once in the subsequent eight matches, winning only once. They've dropped off both in terms of chances created and in letting their opponents create chances, similar to the Bees in that defensive aspect. They only average 41% possession so far this year and pass the ball on average 200 times less than their opponents in a game. They also like to sit off, allowing just less than double the number of passes in front of their defence before tackling than Brentford do. So our strikers should have plenty of time in front of goal to get their shots away. Andros Townsend is their joint top scorer, with him, Damari Gray and Dominic Calvert-Lewin all on three goals. The kicker is that Calvert-Lewin has only played three games and has amassed one more XG in those three than either Townsend or Gray have in 12 matches each. So without their big danger man, they're really struggling in front of goal. This is an excellent opportunity for a clean sheet for the beleaguered Bees defence. Let's hope they rise to the challenge. So we need to find out everything there is to know about Everton from an Everton fan. We head over to Connor Williams from the Toffee Blue and he'll tell us what's going down at Goodison Park. Hi, I'm Connor Williams. Uh, I am a presenter, contributor for the Toffee Blues YouTube channel, a Everton fan channel uh, that does videos on uh, opponent previews, post-match reviews, uh, latest rumours in the papers, etc, etc. Uh, I support Everton because my dad did, uh, and you support the club, you either support your local or the club your dad did. Um, and also, I live on the Wirral, um, which is just the other side of the River Mersey. Uh, so Liverpool actually isn't that far from me, it's about 30 minutes, uh, give or take. And Everton are probably my closest big team um, to me, um, other than obviously Liverpool. So yeah, that's why I support Everton. Um, this season, it's been a bit tough for us. Uh, it's been riddled with injuries. We had a really good start. A couple of wins boosted us up the table. Uh, and then we sort of fell apart, lost to QPR in the in the Carabao Cup. Then we lost to Villa 3-0. Uh, and since then, 1-0 to West Ham. We've lost 3-0 to um, City, uh, which is Manchester City. That's most recent. Um, and with City, you do... You, doomed if you do you're doomed if you don't if you sit back and let them pile on the pressure they beat you if you try and play them uh they come out and fresher as well uh we also lost 5-2 to Watford though at home and it's results like that that proper kick you uh but we've been doing it mainly without Dominic Calvert-Lewin the core out Gray's out uh Digne was out for a bit uh Pickford I think was out for a bit Mina's out um so quite a lot of our squad, our first team squad, and then the depth's just not very good. So we were always going to struggle in that aspect. Uh, and injuries was always going to be our downfall. It was our downfall last season. And this season, we, well, apart from Townsend and Gray and Solomon Rondon, they were our only new recruits. Gray and, and Townsend are good. Some, Solomon Rondon's not a very good football player, unfortunately. Um, no offence to the fella. Uh, obviously, we've got a new manager. Uh, when we were first linked with him, uh, he was linked and Gerard was linked. And I remember doing a video for the Toffee Blues and thought, ah, I think this is a bit of lies, you know, get some clicks, um, do something a bit controversial. He'll get clicks that will, a sort of idea from the media. But no, it turns out it was real. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a weird pill to swallow. Um, it was I wasn't against it for his Liverpool links. Uh, I was more against it because I thought the game had passed him by. Whether that's true or not is yet to be the case. I feel a bit harsh judging him because he's like I've just read out half our squad's 
been injured this season. So, you know, I don't want to be too harsh on the man. He can only do so much with what he's been given. And I think that's the sort of way that most of the fans are looking at it. He's got a very hard job um, to do. He's got a he's got no we had financial fair play crippling us, so he's not had the money that others have spent, you know. Um, down the years, a couple of the other managers, Marco Silva had a lot of money, Carlo had a bit of money, Angelotti. Um, and I think that's the other thing. We went from Angelotti uh, to Benitez, and if you go from Angelotti to anyone, it was going to be a down, a downgrade. He was a coup. He was a ten. We couldn't believe it. Um, we'd have had to get another ten, and no other, you know, manager worth this like in his caliber was going to come back to us. Um, I, the the problem, and like the problem is. Um, you know, I know fans. Some some of our fans aren't happy about Benitez, um, but the more we keep swapping managers, I think there's an 18 month life cycle at the minute at Everton uh, for managers. The more we see teams pass us by, you know, the Arsenal's Arteta's clicking with them now. Spurs have got Conte. I imagine they are only going to improve. Uh, United, if they get Pochettino, whoever linked with them, if they get that acquisition right, they will come miles ahead again. So everyone around us is improving. Villa, Gerard is so far at time of recording has a hundred percent win ratio, and um, I think that's the most annoying bit is that there's that much swapping and changing. There's that many times at Everton you hear, "Oh, that's not this manager's players; it's the previous." You could say that, and some of those players go back four managers ago, um, and that underlies the problem. And I think the frustration for many fans is you see other teams uh, improving, and that's a real kick in the teeth. Um, Brentford, though, I actually do really like. Um, not just because I'm on the podcast, um, so I, you know, I'm not just you know kissing up for the sake of it. I actually do like how they ran. I like how um, how the owner has them ran. Uh, I know, obviously, I spoke to Billy uh, on ours, and he was saying, you know, that um, the owner Matthew Benham hates the word moneyball, but I like how it's stats driven, and then you know, with the eye as well, it's not all stats driven. You've got to judge by the eye because that's how football works. It's a bit of both, give or take. Uh, I like how they they sign young. I like how their business model is. I like that they sign undervalued players, sell them on for a profit if they need to. Um, my advice for them in the Premier League is just to enjoy it. It's a tough league. Uh, obviously, the first game of the season against Arsenal, I actually watched that and it was fantastic. The atmosphere was amazing. The new stadium, fans back, a win against the Premier League uh, team like Arsenal. It was really great to see, so I'd just say enjoy it and don't be too reactionary. There's a lot of Premier League clubs, Everton included, that are too reactionary and you've just got to stay in with what you know and what you trust and that is what I, from an outsider's view in, is what Brentford do. They stick with what they trust. They have a process, keep the faith. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I've said why Everton, um, but I'll probably say who's my best... um, my favourite Everton player growing up was Tim Cahill. Thought he was fantastic. Uh, thought he fought for the badge. Got so many headed goals for a man who wasn't very tall. Knew where to pop up. I'll never forget. I think it was against Manchester City. Um, maybe. Or was it Chelsea? I can't remember. The, I know the bicycle kick against Chelsea. But it was the one where uh, Les got headed it. And it looked like it was going in. But then the keeper went to get it. And Cahill just pops up as this ball's already going in. And just gets his head under the ball to levitate it that little bit further and in. And I thought, that's him all over. Intelligent, real fox-in-the-box mentality for a centre-mid. I mean, he could have been a striker. Uh, he, sometimes he played striker for us. But he could have been an out-and-out striker sometimes. His intelligence was clever. Best player in terms of actual like uh, in terms of ability recently, Lukaku was phenomenal for us. What a joy to watch Romelu Lukaku play football. 
powerful striker, scored and sometimes made it look easy. He made football look so easy because he just had everything about him, the physicality, the pace. Uh, he was fantastic. Um, but obviously those times have been and gone. Got to look to the future. We've got a new stadium. Obviously, I mentioned Brentford Stadium. Uh, and I think the atmosphere is kept really well in there. I hope we can do the same. Goodison Park is a renowned stadium, well-loved by a lot of people for its atmosphere. And a lot of the commentators here say that they, like, you know, they miss old grounds like Goodison. They're going to miss it when it's gone and the fans are going to miss it. Bramley Moor looks great on the surface. The plans written up for it. Look, it looks like a really good stadium. Obviously, Spurs have set the bar now with theirs. Um, I, I mean, all I hope is that it keeps the atmosphere because if you take that away from Everton, then you know that will be a sad day. Our fans and the passion they bring is something a little bit better. Um, in terms of our style of play on the pitch, though, uh, and at this current stage, uh, leading up to the game this Sunday, I don't think there's a style as such. I think Benitez has sort of got a really bad deck of cards stacked against him because of the injuries. I think we'll play pragmatically. I think we'll play a low line. I think we'll look to hit on the break. Uh, but I think more than anything, we'll look to try and stop the rot, keep a clean sheet. Uh, I think it's going to be a tough game for us. I think Ivan Tony's going to be very good. Uh, I think he's going to be very good at drawing our defenders out, bullying them a little bit. I'm hoping Yerry Mean is back because I think he's a worthy competitor for Ivan Tony. But uh, at the current time of this, I think he's still injured. So it'll probably be Ben Godfrey, who's no slouch, and Michael Keane, um, who I'm a little bit worried about. And I think if you press us early on, and press our centre-backs, we could be in trouble. Um, but like I said, there's a couple of players out. Uh, Richarlison's also missing for us due to a red, uh, due to bookings. So no Richarlison. Dominic Calvert-Lewin's out. Damari Gray's out. Um, Abdelai Decore's out. Yeri Mean is out. Uh, and it looks like Solomon Rondon up front, which I think will only play into Brentford's hands. And... Um, for Brentford, there's a lot that concerns me. Uh, the style of play, the high pressing I saw against Arsenal, I think that'll catch us out. Ivan Tony's ability to score, but also to move around, uh, scares me a little bit. Um, Rico Henry bouncing up the up the wings as a wing back. That's an incredibly dangerous threat that we need to be careful of. Onyenka, I think, could have a lot of fun in the middle, especially if we play someone like Tom Davis. Uh, I think he's got the pace and the physicality to bully Tom Davis and even give Alan a run for his money. So that'll be one thing that slightly worries me. Um, so I'd have to be very, we'd have to be very careful on that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they're the main ones for me. I think this is the first time we've played Brentford since 2011. Played them in the League Cup. Um, and right at the start of the revolution uh, for, for Brentford, obviously not for us. Um, I don't remember the match as much. Um, uh, but I, I know I know the score. I know that we um, we lost on penalties, which looking at QPR now, you know, nothing's really changed an awful lot. Um, but no, I mean, it's just been amazing to watch Brentford. I will say this, the way the club looks ran from the outside in, I am envious, um, not just the stats, but the way you're careful with money, um, the way you can unearth gems, the, the way your manager suits the style that you want to play in. I think that's so important. I wish that was my one big wish for Everton, that we could like pick a style, pick a manager, pick a director of football who buys players in that style, 
picks a manager who plays that style we build that team and then if the manager does leave you can get in another manager who plays a similar style and not much there's no big transitions and I think because we failed to do that and we've transitioned managers every 18 months we're in the mess we're in so I'm really envious about the way um, Brentford are ran uh, I think it's going to be a tough game this week and I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with one all, one all. I think we'll just sneak one on the break and catch Brentford out. Uh, but that is everything from me. I'm Connor Worms from the Toffee Blues. Um, and I hope Brentford have a wonderful game. I hope the fans enjoy it. Not too much, just because, obviously, I'm going to say that. But, uh, no, it should be a really good game um, and it should be an interesting watch. Uh, I quite like the way that Brentford play. But, yeah. So there you have it. Matt, is, we know everything now about Everton. We know from their fans' point of view and we know from the spreadsheet winkers' point of view. Has it, has it changed anything in your mind about Sunday or do you just go in there quite happily to go on kind of form and momentum and vibe? Because I, I, I see that as a, as a big part of it too, you know. I, I, to be honest, I think, like, like I've said, I think the main thing on Sunday is we is we get somehow get back to basics, and the defence doesn't end up getting dragged all over the place like they did against Newcastle. Um, I think we need to find a shape. I think we need to find a group of players, and I'm hoping we've been working on it this week that we just you know find a way of defending that where, where we look solid again, and because that is so much missing from from the Brentford we saw at the beginning of the season, the Brentford we got now. We got limited resources. I understand that, um, but that—that's the absolute key for me. And then, you know, you still got—you you got. We haven't. I haven't spoken about Mbumo and Tony, but I think they're a deadly partnership up front. So you've got that. That bit's kind of sorted. It's really sorting the back out that's important. And then you've got those sort of few little midfield quandaries to go through as well. Like I said, I—I—I I, I might be thinking pushing Norgard back into the back three just to see if he can give us some stability. I'm not sure Thomas Frank will do that, though. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit more confident about, about Sunday. I think, you know, as, I, as I just alluded to, I, I don't think they're on any kind of, uh, kind of any regular form. There's no consistency going on there. Uh, we, we have to really scruff them up. We have to get amongst them and, and do all the things that we've been doing uh, successfully when, when things have been going well for us. And I, and I think make life as awkward as possible for them. And I, I, think, I think we'll do all of that and just hope, you know, people like Richarlison um, have off days. They have players amongst them who are very, very good. Um, uh, it's just we have to just be on top of it and just hope hope Lady Luck is smiling on us a little bit as well uh, on Sunday. We also have to get in the pubs early um, and get those vocal cords lubricated because as fans we have to play our part. Uh, I've struggled with some of the new songs. I have to admit, we uh, I can't get my head around the. I can't. My mouth won't actually form. Brian and Bumo straight after saying Ivan Tony for 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 whatever reason. It, it's so. the syllable count, isn't it? it doesn't oh, you, mate, you have was, to do you have to add a syllable or take away? Is I, something? I might have to do some. I have to might have to get some sort of like vocal um, training for for Sunday because I really tried for the whole of the game. 
Brian and we, we got Ivan Tony and Brian. And, it just honestly, I was like, oh, it wasn't the beer. It was honestly, I just struggled. So I, I, I need to get into practice as well. I will have a drink. I'm not trying to drink this week, but I will have a drink uh, on Sunday morning. Um, let's, let's get on to some predictions, really, mate. I mean, that's, that's all that's left from us. Go on. Go on, yeah, lad. Give I'm going to uh, nil 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 nil. I think nil nil would be. I, I know, yeah. I know, I know, I know. But, but just, I honestly, think nil <laughs> nil would be a really good result um, because I just think we need to put, you know, make a statement and and strong defence. That's. Okay. I, I'll be I'll be well happy with a nil nil. Don't think that's going to happen. Um, I think it will probably be um, two all. Oh, wow. That's got me so, so you're happy with a point. So, not happy with a point, but you can no, see, a point, I, you can see I, that coming. Do, do you know what? I was going to say that to you, actually. Um, do, do you sort of feel that we, we're now sort of playing a bit of catch-up? Because it feels like we took one point from what we, we thought might potentially be seven, you know, those three, the three games against, um, against Norwich, Burnley, Newcastle. Do you think we're on catch-up and it puts us under a bit more pressure? Or do you still feel comfortable? Possibly, yeah. I, I, we are a little bit. We seem to be ahead of the, you know, the points per game uh, average. Uh, now we're almost back at one per one. Um, you know, we're, we're a point a point ahead of that. Uh, I, I guess the thing that I find reassuring is we're we're a point ahead of that, and we've got a lot of good players to come back. This is this isn't as good as it gets for us. This is this is as good as it is at the moment with an injury crisis. So so I'm I'm slightly buoyed by that. You know, yeah. there, are, there are play there are teams below us that haven't got a point per game, and they're playing their eighteen. So I'm 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 a little bit less stressy. Anyway, I'm not going to get stressy until and, and, much later. And, and Everton, season. Everton have got a similar injury crisis, right? Yeah. So you know that it, it it's almost two team patched up teams playing against each other, as I as, as I understand Everton. Yeah, and and I you know they'll be coming to probably keep it tight as well. Um, and so we, so we have to, you know, we, I think we all know exactly how we're going to go for it on, on, on Sunday. Um, but we need, we need a big performance. We need two halves. We don't need one half by Brentford. We need two 45 minutes where we're on it. So, uh, so you're going nil, nil or two, two. I'm going to, I'm going to say we're going to edge a win. I'm going to go two, two, one Brentford. I still can't see we've got a clean sheet in us. If we have got a clean sheet in us, we'll win this game. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll be drinking to that on Sunday that we can we can keep keep the uh, wolf from the door or keep the toffees from the door, as it were. So thanks for joining me today, Matt. That was a that was a, a very hastily arranged one. Um, absolute, absolute enjoyed pleasure. Myself. I hope people have enjoyed listening to this as well. Um, I've got an invite today for the FSA Awards on next Monday night. I'm going with Billy. We've nominated for Jack Shit this year because obviously we're not good enough anymore. Um, so I'd rather I'd rather go there and just enjoy it than pretend that we stand a chance of winning anything. So uh, anyway, I've got that to look forward to. But as I said, I've got Arsenal to look forward to on, on Saturday. Um, if you enjoy our podcast and you would like to buy us a beer, um, go to uh, the website um besotted.com and there's a little button there that says buy us a beer and uh we like beer on besotted you know that so uh yeah we don't it's not the begging bowl um if you don't want to do that don't do that but if you would if you do like enjoy what we we do and you think ah oh, yeah i'll buy the lads a beer then, then do that that'd be great um thanks once again to the lads and lasses that anything is possible thank you for your support um 
funky little media agency down on the south coast uh, thank you for everyone that's partaken this week jonathan birchall spreadsheet winker and you matt the allard allard billy will be back behind the controls probably um next week um thanks for billy for for doing this most weeks he bails me right out to be honest he's made it so complicated that i just leave it to him um he just he, do you when you look at his mixing room and palette it's it looks like it it looks ridiculous so i kind of just oh yeah you, you, you've done it i can't do that so but i'll 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 make a I'll make a fist of it tonight so any any yeah, so errors, if it, if any errors like blame, the toilet. Bill. yeah <laughs> exactly i've just been attacked by my cat during that as well so that was uh i held it together all right so yeah cheers matt thanks for joining us um see you all at new griffin park on sunday bright and breezy Hopefully we can get three points on the board before the tricky week. We've got then got Tottenham away and Leeds away. So it's important we get points while they're there. Nothing wasteful. Anything more to say, Mr. Allard? No, no. I will I'll catch up with you Sunday. I'm looking, Hopefully, I'm yeah. looking forward to it. Yeah. And then we can um, we can plan the um Portons Park Peppa Pig World Adventure before Southampton away. Look yeah, we want to make that. sure we buy we want to well, make sure we buy our two for one advance tickets. Ten ten AM they open on Saturday. I've just looked it up on the old uh, the old website. So uh, there you go. Armed with a bit of knowledge there. All right, mate. See you soon. Come you on, you bees. Come on, you bees. Come on, you bees. You bees. Come on, you bees. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.